Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome to Out of Oz. I'm your host, Peter Tragos, and with me as always is Aaron Curran, the pastor of Building 28 Church. New day, and I'm excited for the podcast today. Excited for the show. Got a couple of friends on the episode. Uh, first is the pastor of local church, St. Pete, and um, quite the artist, Darren Kenny, uh, and in a multiplicity of ways, right? Uh, music and painting and yeah, all that. photography. No photography. No, no photography. No. All right. Well, anyway. And then we also have my good friend, Janae, uh, one of the uh, originals to some extent. She came a couple years after we planted it. She's been here for a while. Janae, what, what, are, you, what are you into these days? I mean, we, haven't, we haven't caught up in a while. What am I into? Well, now that I can't travel anymore, um, honestly, just I'm enjoying being home. Enjoying that being sounds, a mom? Yeah, I Mother am. of two? Yep. Mother of two. I'm working a lot. Just hanging out. Don't you like CrossFit a lot or something like I that? Liked, I enjoy working out, but CrossFit's not part of my life anymore. Cool, cool. And you... Too many injuries. What do you yeah, <laughs> too, too many injuries. Uh, and you grew up... We were talking about this before uh, we came on, but you grew up in the church. You went to Liberty University. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was Liberty Baptist College. My parents went like forever yeah, ago. Yeah, way back in the day. Um, so you've been exposed to Christianity, American Christianity for decades. Correct. Mm-hmm. And of course, Darren has as well. And so that kind of leads us into our discussion. For I, didn't today. Were, I didn't know where you were going with when you said exposed to after talking well, about liberty. When, <laughs> <laughs> You've been exposed to all of that. All right. Yeah, you can cut that one out. Well, way back in the day, though, I did help start a church. So church is very near and dear to my heart and the DNA of it. So I would say that's where I can relate to this topic as well. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. There you go. All right. So today, uh, the, the potential fallacy that we're going to expose or discuss is do Christians really need to come back to church um, after the the COVID pandemic? Is it necessary? Is it something we need to be doing in person? Or can we get all of the same benefits of, of a local church online in our bed with our computers, with our iPads, with our family or by ourselves? Um, or is it actually necessary to gather together? Yeah. Yeah. I think the prevailing question that that is here, it comes from the assertion, and maybe you've heard it, Darren, that I can do church online, like COVID has revealed to me, I can do church online as well as I can do church in person. Sure. And well, that's really what what I what I hope to address. Thing. Not not as much when should people come back, because there are still, still very real fears and there will be for a long time. But is this online church phenomenon, which was going on before COVID-19. That's what hit. I was going to say. Like there it's were plenty been, it's of been people. Going, it's been going on for a while, that, but now it's just giving Baptist. Christians uh, an excuse to yeah. continue. And it's more of the masses, world. I think. And, and people that had never done it before, yeah. Now see how easy and convenient it is to roll out of bed five minutes before it starts and click a button and all of a sudden you're live as opposed to everything that goes into Sunday morning. You've heard so many pastors make jokes from the pulpit about how you're you know, screaming at your kids to get out of the house and yeah. comb their hair and get dressed and yelling at them in the car and then smile when you get out of the car and walk into church. And all yeah, that so, can be eliminated if you just watch online at home. Well, just uh, Jeffrey and I were talking yesterday about you know a couple who – they just like being in their PJs on Sunday morning. They mm-hmm. like, they grab their coffee, 
they climb back in bed or sit on the couch and they most people like to be lazy. I mean, watch church and me, and me included. Know? I'm saying like you just roll out of bed. You don't have to do anything. You just start watching, you know, and after a few weeks, you realize how convenient and easy it is. I think before we get into necessarily exposing it or whatever you want to call it or talking about what the yep. Bible says, I think I just want to hear from Darren and, and Janae first about Darren, your church, because we know how, how it's working at our church and Aaron can go through that. But at your church, what was the process through the pandemic? What did you do? What did you switch to? And now I assume you're back. And how has it kind of been for your congregation? Yeah. So we're local church. St. Pete is a new church. I mean, we're only uh, about a year and a half old, a little over a year and a half old. We really didn't have anything set up for online stuff until this pandemic hit. So we had to figure that out quick. I remember the first two Sundays we were recording with my my phone on a tripod, you know. So, but eventually we got the equipment we needed and it really served our, our people because, you know, for a while we couldn't meet. Um, and and it's it, it was just so refreshing to be able to to gather even virtually. And still now there are people over, you know, 65 years old or who have sure. health conditions and, and others who are just, just continuing to join us, don't feel ready to come back. Uh, but we also went to two services uh, to do social distancing. Really, when we we weren't at a place where that, that was easy for us <laughs> as a new church, but I think it was important. And so we've sacrificed in those ways and we've seen the benefit of it. But people are starting to come out now um, more consistently and and begin to serve. And Janae, the perspective of a mom of two young kids who it's a little bit of hike to get to church for mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. So what was it like when you know, the pandemic hits, we start worshiping online. What went through your thought process about coming back? How hard was it? Did you did you notice it was more difficult to come back after how easy it had been just kind of watching online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good questions. Uh, at the beginning, so I was about seven months pregnant when this all happened. And that, I mean, I don't, no matter where you fall, if I tested positive for it, they take your baby away for 14 days or whatever it was. So it wasn't an option for me. Um, So we definitely stayed in for a while and and just at least until the baby came. And then we had people flying from all over to come see the baby. So then we were good. But as far as going to church online during that time, um, it was very, it was very easy to do. Um, It was really nice to have that option. Um, Distractions, you know, we have a toddler running around, you know, those were going on. But as far as coming back to church, it was really hard mentally to say, okay, I'm losing my Sunday again. I'm going back to church to do this. I have to get everyone out the door, but I will never forget my first Sunday back and seeing Aaron not, I know we are all in masks, we're all distanced, but just seeing a person up there and and it wasn't a screen, I, I won't forget those feelings. So uh, I think mentally it was a hard thing to come back and to give up some of those freedoms. But once I did it, it was it was great. Great to be back. I think that's what we're dealing with. Like for, for years, we were very intentional. So we have Jeffrey, who records all this, who's always behind the scenes. But he's great, and he could have put us online. And Darren, you could have been online for this. And I don't know how local church was with with on, an online presence, like what your perspective was on that. But for us, it could have happened. We always took a position to not do that because of the very reason of it would just give people an excuse. We wanted them to prioritize being here. And I know there's other churches that are very large, much larger than we are, that had taken that same position. The Village Church out in Dallas had said, we're not going to live stream our, our services. When we were out there, we talked to them about it because we don't want our people to have an excuse to not come to church on Sunday morning. 
And so we'd gone round and round about that for years. Um, we just really prioritized and prized the worship gatherings in person. We believe the Spirit of God moves in that room. We'll get into that more later on. And so kind of the same thing for us with local and even what Janae said, it was, it was, it was not just beneficial and something that, that was helpful in the early going. It was refreshing. Like I looked forward to Sunday morning. I looked forward to hopping on and seeing, seeing our band play and kind of tuning in to, even though I had preached the message, tuning into that and seeing people that were a pop up on, on whatever platform they popped up on and commenting about how much they needed this. And we did need that. We did need that. It provided for us something, a vehicle to stay connected in that limited sense that we desperately needed in, in the first few weeks of this. And so I don't think anybody's taking away from, man, what a, what a blessing, what a gift it was to have that. I mean, if we're just two decades removed from right now, even a decade, most of us would not have the capability to be online, be live, and to have that type of resource. Um, so that was great. Now it's kind of shifted to, okay, now that things are reopening, if you're not vulnerable and you're not really afraid of contracting or being affected by COVID, can you continue? Because that's what I'm hearing. People are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the pandemic anymore. I'm not afraid of the virus. But man, we just gotten used to this. Kind of like what Janae said, it takes a concerted effort to it's get four up, hours get dressed, an hour and a half. Drive in the church. Half a day. You know, be around people, you know, sit in a room. And I think two caveats we've already kind of talked about a lot. We can just park and say, we're all very thankful for technology. Yeah. It allows our churches to do things that we would never be able to do without, um, including something like this, a podcast and videos. And if anyone's immunocompromised or, you know, in the age bracket that, you know, could be more susceptible to the serious symptoms of COVID, obviously this doesn't apply to you. If you have, you know, physical reasons why you're not coming to church, why you're not gathering, what we're about to get into now as to what we believe the Bible says on this topic does not necessarily apply to you unless you feel that personal conviction, which is going to be a lot of what we talk about too is personal convictions. But as far as can you just keep rolling with that? Can you just keep, because you're still getting the word preached to you. You're still getting fed. Um, you're still getting that spiritual food. You're still learning and growing in your walk. So what what is the what is the reason why, if you feel this way, Darren or Aaron as pastors, what, what's the reason people actually need to show up in person? Because we can't shake hands. We can't hug. We can't do donuts in the coffee shop anymore, at least at our church. I don't know if you guys are doing donuts. We finally started doing coffee. But if you can't even get some of that community, what's the what's the point of gathering? Like, what does the Bible say? About I'd be that? interested to hear first from the non-pastor in the room yeah. as to what brought you and your family back. Like what, what kind of, I mean, here you are, I think y'all came back when your baby was like two months old. Um, for the first time, I saw you guys in the parking lot. It was kind of at the height of everything, like first of July, like things were nuts and the numbers were spiking in Florida. And yet you guys made a conscious decision. Hey, we're going to come back. We're going to regather. What was that like for you and Todd? So honestly, so when you're listening online, I think, you know, yes, it's easy, but then also you have a tendency to not end up listening and you're doing other things. So I think we realized we hit that point where okay, we're listening to church maybe on Sunday morning. Maybe we'll go back and listen to it. It's a 50-50 chance. So it was like, How dare you. it is, I know, sorry. <laughs> it's very intimidating to say in front of you. But it is, um, It's. it was like a lifeline. It was like, we know we're commanded to do this. It's uncomfortable. We're not used to it because we got into different rhythms. So when we came to the first time, it it was just like, it was almost like your soul thirsting for something like you need this. You need this sense of community. You're not going into the office every day. You're not seeing people. And so coming in on Sunday, it was 
Um, it was painful, but once we did it, it was incredible. Painful. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a heavy <laughs> word. two toddlers and <laughs> no, two I, kids I, under I, two. It's, my, we it's have fun. three, and Danielle gets yeah. all three of ours ready every Sunday without me. Yeah, because I'm, it's I'm amazing. The, the question is, what what is the reason for actually gathering? If some people, you know, there's there's different arguments, I'll call them, but there are different things people or excuses people give why they're still worshiping at home. So the first one is, is it really, are we really commanded to come to a church building? We've always heard the church is not the building, it's the people. Um, so why do we need to come to the building? And then additionally, another layer, if they're really smart and want to get into a great debate of, we can't even get the full community because we can't shake hands, we can't hug, we can't have donuts together, we can't even get within six feet of people that we don't live with, whatever it may be, we've got to have masks on. So what what's the reason that they actually should be coming to church if you feel they should? If they're not coming because they can't have donuts, there are greater issues. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's important that as people talk about, well, we, we're just doing church online. We don't do church. The, the church is not a building. Uh, the church is a people. But a people, uh, we gather. In order to be a people, we can't just be isolated individuals in our homes. Um, and so we were created for this community. And the church is God's idea. We're called to be uh, his people on mission for his glory and that looks like loving one another, walking in community and practicing hospitality. It looks like those things, but you can't do that if you're just staying home. For someone who would say, hey, I'm not afraid of the, the getting COVID, I'm just comfortable doing this, I would really challenge that person and just encourage them to think about where this will lead and how it, they're not serving others by doing that because they themselves have gifts that God has given them and unique call to be a part of a community of people so that others will be built up in their faith. And then they are failing to see where they will receive from others and be encouraged and challenged and loved. And, and so there's so much to it. I mean, I just spoke with someone um, recently who was texting me and saying, I'm just, I'm struggling in my faith. So my immediate question was, who else are you connecting with here at the church? Well, I haven't been connecting with anybody. That's a real problem. When you isolate, when you retreat from community, that you're really at risk to, to a lot of things uh, that would damage your faith. So there's a lot of reasons. I mean, those are just a few. I mean, isolation is a symptom of depression, just like not even talking in the church world, just like in the world. And that's why it was such a big deal with this whole coronavirus, stay at home, quarantine, whatever, is people were worried. Medical professionals were worried about depression and yeah isolating from the church has some of those same effects. And I think we've seen it in our church as well. Yeah. I mean, I was driving back from meeting with the guys last night on 580 and there's a big, and you're, you're an attorney, so you've probably seen these quite a bit, but there was a big sign right here on 580 on the left-hand side that said COVID divorce. Oh yeah. Um, wow. And I think that it, obviously that is for everybody, but I've heard, I don't know about you, Darren, but I've heard of so many families in our church. They've mm -hmm. been tuning in every Sunday, like Janae was talking about, or at least they were in the beginning and then it became kind of hit or miss. And they might, people began to realize, hey, you know what? I can, I can get the Watch same on experience on Monday night. Like, or just like driving to work. I'll yeah, just yeah. play it while I'm This is the thing. It's not an experience. It's not about an experience. And that's what it became for them. Is, yeah. I think for a lot of us, for a or lot of people. We're just checking a box. Like, yeah, like, you know, just, I, I, I listened to church this week. Like, what happened was with a lot of those individuals is, if they're honest, and they have been, many of them have come in and talked with myself and our other pastors, what, what they were getting in the, in the live stream on Sunday morning or whenever they watched it was not nearly enough. What Darren said is true, that very true, that you have these 59 one another's in the, in the New Testament, love one another and edify one another and outdo one another. And you can't do those in isolation. Like you just can't. And they can't be done for you in isolation by other people. But also there is, and I, I hinted at this earlier, 
I believe as you study like the book of Acts and, and the New Testament and church history, there's something very powerful that goes on in the gathering. In addition to the community and the discipleship and the support, that like the spirit of God moves in a place um, among a people that are gathered together. And the church gathered has always been in some ways a threat to the normalcy of culture because the, the church is, I've compared it at times to like a, like an embassy. Like if people are trying to wrap their minds around it, that, that the church gathers like an embassy. It's a right. representation in another country of the, the, the citizenship and the rule of another sovereign nation. And that's what we are is we're saying, Hey, in this time, in this place, in this country of which we are not truly citizens, like in, in the, in the sense that matters most, like the, the church is a, an expression gathered of an embassy where we where celebrate our king and, and we make known to those around us that that we belong not to this world, but to. And so there's there's so many aspects that when you ask the question, you come back to the original question, can we really do church or be the church or have church, whatever you want to say, at home? Yes, technology is a gift. At the same time, if you're looking at the New Testament example of church, I think the answer is pretty clear that it's impossible to really do and be what what Christ has called us to be and has bought us to be. And I feel like, you know, there are biblical mandates to gather, you know, to come together as a church. And the church is so often described as the body with many parts, right? Not an individual body or not an individual part. And it's the corporate church is the people, you know, like we just talked about, it's not a building, it's people. So, so how does it become the people? It's not a bunch of people sitting in their beds online. It's all the people coming together. And I think Darren's point's the best one. And frankly, I don't even think I thought about it before today is just what you do for other people you can't do at your house. You know, the service that you have in the church, whether it's the kids ministry or the greeting team or the, you know, just saying hi for somebody or praying for somebody or opening up your home for a home group. I mean, all those things can't be done in isolation. And so you can't serve the body. You can't be your part of the body while sitting at home. So I have a question here, and this is going a little bit off our conversation, but would this same conversation apply to someone who's coming to church but not involved? So they they sit in the audience and then they leave. And then that that's kind of the extent of Absolutely. their involvement. Part of it. I think the conversation that I was just pointing out with Darren, 100%. But I think even that person that comes and sits and listens and talks to the people is getting that sense of community is at least, you know, if they have friends in the church, like he's saying, if you're still connecting with people in the church, even if you're not serving, I do think... Even coming and sitting in the audience and doing nothing is better than sitting in your bed and watching on the iPad. But it's a step. But yeah. what do you want to do? Do you want to do the bare minimum or do you want to do what the Bible actually calls you to do? And that I think goes all the way to what Darren was saying. Um, so I yeah, I think they're kind of grouped into this. And like a lot of things in society and and what we're talking about is we're we're pointing out the big the big group of people that need to hear this, and it really has to do with that online. Community of people. Yeah. Yeah. They're just consuming and yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what do I get out of church? That's, I think, what Mm -hmm. people that watch on the iPad, it's like, what do I get out of church? Well, I get 100% of what I get out of church coming if I just watch on my iPad. And that's the problem. That's the bigger problem and kind of the layered problem. And if you want a good example of it, you just look at kids. You know, my my kids are seven and four. My four year old Maverick almost forgot church existed because we didn't go for four months and I didn't make him sit there and listen to Aaron, even though sometimes he liked, but sometimes he didn't want to, you know, sometimes he was like, come on, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to make him sit there for 45 minutes or whatever it is. I let him go play in his room, you know, and he's four years old and he basically three months of sitting at home doing church online, it goes away for them. And I think that that's a good microcosm for adults too. It just is different. It becomes different in our minds and in our world, whether we realize it like Maverick did or not, 
It's like, it's just different. It's not the same. It, it changes over time. So I came across this quote by Moody. Darren always makes fun of m me and my quotations of people. You're very uh, well read. <laughs> he is, dude. He is like the most well read person I know. But I came it's across crazy. this quote by D.L. Moody because apparently in his day, and we're talking. It's because he didn't watch TV. Late night. Well, there wasn't TV. We're talking late 19th century. He was a, he was a evangelist across the United States. I was United talking States. about you. you. Oh, oh I, do watch, I do watch a little bit. Um, but D.L. Moody said the difference between listening to a radio sermon, because that had become prolific in his day. So the, the difference between listening to a radio sermon and going to church is almost like the difference between calling your girlfriend and spending an evening with her. Now, if you, if you compute that to our day, watching it online is not even the same as having a phone conversation. Because you're with getting your interaction. Because there's no interaction. You're just watching a screen. Like Janae said, it's like you're just watching the dude up there, whoever it is. And I mean, there's people here in Clearwater who are now going to church with Elevation in North Carolina. You know, like, I mean, like, they're like, oh, we found this during this time. And now we're watching Elevation or we're watching The Village or we're watching, you know, Sojourn, whatever it is. Like they're, they're watching church a thousand miles away. Which is really cool if you're going to do it like on your drive. Like we said, or, if you yeah, go if to church on Sunday. If you're wanting to gain more information, yeah, and whatever. and you're listening to local church on Monday on your drive and you're going and you're listening yeah. to elevation on Tuesday or whatever it may be, that's awesome. And that's like, we're saying an awesome benefit and blessing of technology, but it shouldn't. And you guys as pastors who want people to listen to your sermons, cause you're trying to build the kingdom here, you would still recommend people in North Carolina or wherever that may like listening to you two guys go to your local church on Sunday. One, one of the other aspects that I, that when I read this Moody quote, um, that we haven't talked about yet is Christ appointed Bishop slash pastor elders for his church to shepherd the people. And when you are home, not only are you not in community like Darren's talked about, and not only are you not in the gathering where the Spirit of God is moving, but you're not submitting yourself and subjecting yourself and receiving the counsel and shepherding and, and meeting of your needs from your pastor elders, who should be God's representatives, who should be walking in, in holiness and humility and, and leadership. But you're just, you're forfeiting that. So it's not even once again, as good as a phone call back and forth, because there's no interaction. Janae could listen to me as well as she could listen to John MacArthur in California. And that does not place herself or her family under the protection right. of the local church. And so there, there's multiple elements to this that exist of, that show the dangers really of embracing fully an online church. And so for Darren, and I, there needs to be like a nickname for Darren, like De'Aaron or something for both of you guys, instead of saying Darren and Aaron every time. Uh, so Darren, De'Aaron. Darian, maybe, I don't know. For your- you say Arian? Darian. Oh, Darian, no, Darian, okay. Arian. I was like, not Arian, man. Let's not go down that trail. Uh, so Darren, from your perspective <laughs> as the pastor of a church, what responsibility do you feel to tell your members about this topic? Like the ones that, that do think about like, can I just, am I, am I good just doing church online? Like, what, do you feel some type of, of conviction or some type of pull? Like you have a responsibility to tell them about this and why? I haven't had this particular conversation with anyone lately, but a related conversation would be just your consistent involvement in the life of the church mm -hmm. and what that means for you and your health and what that looks like. And why that's so important. I mean, we're going to gather this Sunday and continue to explore First John and look at, you know, just what it means that God is greater than our hearts. And when condemnation hits us, what do we do? Where do we go? And so when we gather, we're, we're, we're putting the gospel in front of us, both in song, with communion and with the preached word. And we're, we're, we're reminding ourselves of what's important. We're encouraging one another on in our faith. And if that's not happening, we're going to drift. One of the things that I think I'm, I'm really concerned about is with this online, um, 
you know, this thought that I can just do church online is that really what we're doing is we're looking to a personality more than anything. We like our preacher. Right. And so we'll listen to a personality. We'll even maybe go to uh, participate in a church that's in another state. Well, that's not really participating in the life of a church. That's, a, that's really a misunderstanding. You might benefit from that resource and, and gain knowledge and, and be encouraged by that teaching. But church is so much more learning. Than, than, than learning or, you know, looking to one personality or individual. It's so much more than that. And, and so I would encourage, really try to help paint a picture of what the church is called to be. And, um, I like the embassy imagery that you were using. I think that's, I've heard that before. I love that, uh, illustration. Uh, You know, what does it mean now to live counterculturally as people who are part of the kingdom of God with Jesus as King, living our lives under his rule and reign in life day to day? How does that influence our lives? And how do we walk that out as faithful disciples of Jesus? How can we, how can we do that and spur one another on if we're only gathering online? Uh, it just, it's, it's really, so I would challenge anyone who has this idea, like Piper's not your pastor. If you're not, well, he's not even pastoring. Right. So like, <laughs> he's not, I mean, he's not your pastor. Like, well, he is a great resource. He is a great resource. <laughs> hey, you, you cannot, you cannot speak well of the Lord's or uh, ill of the Lord's anointed in front of Peter, man. Uh, Piper, but he's Piper not my pastor. Name. I agree with you. I think he's a great resource in, in Janae. So somebody that is a member of our church, right? Who mm-hmm. sits under our elders and submits to our elders, who also reads books, listens to podcasts, watches videos and, and learns about the Christian faith and what we should be doing and how we should be doing it in the world. What is the difference to you in your mind between those other resources and actually coming to our church and being a member and involved in our church? Yeah, there's just no account. Of, again, it c- kind of goes back to that consumerism mindset, right? So you can pick and choose. And honestly, you can pick and choose who you agree with. Like, you right. know, you guys have preferences and who you listen to. And But I, our family has submitted ourselves to the leadership of this church, the appointed elders. It goes so much more than Sundays. It's if we have issues, if we have I mean, the church is just so much. It's just not Sunday. Anyways, so the difference is that it isn't just on Sundays, but yeah, it's that bigger picture of submitting yourself to leadership and to authority so that, yeah, when something does happen, I mean, it all starts like, I mean, if you're looking in Acts and it, it all starts with the church and going to your elders and it's it's almost assumed that you're involved in church. It isn't, oh, if you attend, it is it's assumed. It's it's a mandate. So. Well, it's almost like I think another illustration could be family life. I, your, I was thinking that your too. involvement yeah. because you're not simply attending an event. You're part of a family, and yeah. so you have a role to play. And I, I love how you're pointing out, um, you know, the role of an elder and, and the accountability there. But then there's the one anothering, and there's this passage in Hebrews 10, which it goes like this: Let us uh, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, capital D, day approaching the return of Christ. So even then people were in the habit of not gathering and he's saying, don't, don't do that. You know, like gather together, love one another, spur one another on. We need this. Um, and you need to consider how you might spur one another on. So I'd encourage people as they get ready with their kids crying and screaming, like, how are you going to make an impact? Like prayerfully consider who might I encourage? Who could I listen to in a special way? Who could I just build up? Who could I pray for? 
Uh, how, how can I just greet people and welcome them into this building, this space in a way that is, you know, you're welcome here. This is my house, you know? And so those are, those are areas, but then beyond the Sunday gathering, like, are we growing in relationships that actually look like loving relationships and spurring one another on towards good deeds? Yeah. Like that's really important. And I think like the consumer mentality and age that we're in, it's so easy to coast and it's so For easy sure. just to kind of say, well, all right. Um, yeah, I'm a part of that church because I watch online or I attend on Sunday and occasionally I give 20 bucks. I, I think like, so we're up here in the suburbs. I don't know how you would classify the part of St. Pete you're in. If it is. I like how you keep referring to us as like urban. I don't, I don't know. City. I, don't, I don't know. It's, it, it is. It's city compared to here. I'll tell you that. But, <laughs> but I think there's this prevailing what just American Christianity in general, but especially in the suburbs, there has been a misunderstanding of what biblical church is for so long that when COVID hit, even though I, I hope in our churches, I believe that we've been trying to promote an accurate, healthy understanding of what church is, but because we've gotten so used to saying, I go to church or we do, we do equate the church with a building or an experience like you're talking about, you know, historically. So Calvin said that the church is the called out people who, who gather to hear the gospel proclaimed. It's threefold, hear the gospel proclaimed take the Lord's Supper and exercise church discipline. And wherever that happens, there's a church of God on earth, you know, and I would add to it and say where there's biblically qualified leaders there as well. And so you can do church at home. You can have a home church if, if all those elements are in place, those biblical elements. But the, the ecclesia, which some people are familiar with, was always as called out, to go back to that embassy analogy, it was as called out not only to be a representation of, of the rule of Christ in this world, but also to, as you said, Darren, to accomplish something. An embassy is there for a purpose, to accomplish something. Not only are, are you not kind of planting your flag publicly with Christ, in, in, in certain ways by not there gathering with the church, but you're not accomplishing what, what you've been called out to accomplish. Yeah. And, and Jesus himself said, the world will know you're my disciples by yeah. your love for one another. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in love looks like action. It looks like yeah. devotion. It looks like intentionality. It looks like time spent. Uh, but that's the mark. The world will know. They'll be able to call you out as followers of Jesus by how radically you love one another. How can we do that? If we're watching church online, I've always liked when you came come out at the end of Acts two, and the result of the church, the local church, like so the the three thousand being split into local churches, and what the result of that looks like, where it says that all came upon, and I always, I, I just always think to myself like, what would it look like if our church was so similar to Acts two that like it literally kind of struck like this awe and wonder in the community, that certainly can't be done by the church splintered and isolated. Or as Janae said, just showing up on Sunday morning for an hour and being like, all right, and I'm gonna go home now. All will never come. The community around us will never be awestruck by anything that's going on. I've also said, and Darren, you've probably heard me say this. I know Peter has that um, if your church was gone tomorrow. Would the community even miss you? You know, would, would our community even miss us if Building 28 or if local church or whatever church you're a part of, the listener, if it was gone tomorrow, would the would the community even notice? Would they even and if they don't, then it's 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 easy to contend that we're not we're not being a local church that that resembles the Acts 2 church that literally people are looking at going, something something powerful and unique and yes, maybe weird to, to their understanding, but something's going on here that is really inexplicable and awe-inspiring. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Janae. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. 
If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.